It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What's going on, lacrosse fans? It's Tuesday. It's around noon Pacific time here on the West Coast, and that means another episode of Lacrosse Classified is about to come your way via the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. This is episode number 94. You probably know by now, but just in case you don't, my name is Jake Elliott. I will be your host for episode 94. And my co-host this week, and if you haven't been following along over the last couple of months, maybe three, close to three now, I guess, we've been going through each team in the National Cross League and having somebody help co-host that is either a fan or affiliated or works for uh, that particular franchise. Now, truth be told, in the man waiting on the other end of the line here knows this only because he listened to lacrosse classified and i could probably call you out a little bit for not knowing that previous not being a dedicated lax class listener but jeff snyder a little busy for episode number 94 but but don't worry folks we have an excellent co-host for you this week he is the color analyst of the calgary roughnecks he has seen a ton of NLL and Calgary lacrosse over the years. High atop the Saddle Dome there in Calgary, Alberta. Ryan Ballantyne co-hosting with me for episode 94. Ballantyne, thanks for doing this, man. Don't feel slighted because I went after Snyder first. I appreciate you doing this, man. No, man, I'm I'm happy to be here, and I, I like that you, you softened the blow <laughs> by telling everybody I wasn't Jeff. Um, and then, like, somehow raised the bar to impossible levels by saying I'd be excellent. Like, it, it's really kind of this has been a roller coaster introduction. Um, but uh, I'm not Jeff Snyder, but I did watch him fight a bunch. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like I can step in and talk about that anyway. Well, that's good because uh, Mr. Snyder just happens to be on the docket this week in who you got coming up. So a uh, little tease there. We'll find out who Jeffrey Snyder is, is going to go up against. Uh, we got a great guest lined up as well from the PLL Chrome. We talk a little PLL on the podcast from time to time as well, Ryan, but uh, from your Calgary Roughnecks, and I don't know if you knew this or not, Ryan Ballantyne, but it's actually the man's birthday. As we record on a Monday, you're listening on Tuesday, but Monday here, it's Eli Salama's birthday birthday today and he's making time to come on lacrosse classified how about that well i think that's a birthday present for all of us you know uh he gets the birthday present of coming on and and chatting with us and we get the birthday present of getting to talk to him uh really just i mean such an exciting young player uh here in calgary and uh and i'm happy to Get, to get to talk to him again. Yeah, me too. Uh, he'll be a first-timer here on Lax Class, but a good Coquitlam boy from my hometown and uh, have spent many a night watching Eli Salama play lacrosse and also a member of the Langley Thunder as well. And what would you say? We are both – we both have brutal hair, Ryan, but where would you put Eli Salama's flow up against uh, his rest of his competitors in the National Lacrosse League? I'm going top five for that lettuce. Yeah, especially, I mean, it seems to be getting longer and longer as time goes on. He's got 
no uh no thoughts of cutting it um it's uh it's coming out the back of the helmet it's one of those those nice things that you kind of get tricks of of recognizing guys as a as a color guy or as a play-by-play guy from a distance you know and and salam has always done us the favor of having that one leg brace yeah uh, the one uh the one leg covering so you, that was easy to tell but if he if you get to an angle where you can't see his legs <laughs> like he's right up against those near boards at least you got the flow covering the name on the back of the name bar yeah and uh so so you know that salam is in the mix there yeah so eli salama coming up here in about 20 it's like is it samson that gets like his power from his hair there i think that's the guy so eli uh, Sal- he was the one that lost it anyway there you know, eli salama coming up in about 50 15, 20 minutes from now. And, of course, we'll have quick sticks. We're going to go under review and who you got coming up uh, and who you had, of course, as well. But, uh, Ryan, give give the peoples here, if they haven't heard your work, and I know you do other things besides a, a color analyst for the Calgary Roughnecks, tell the people who you are, where you're from, what you do, and, and you got a little podcast action going yourself. So tell everybody about yourself. Uh, well, I, uh, I started uh, covering lacrosse uh, back in – Oh, 2008. Uh, we had uh, we, we. I had a friend of mine, and that was back uh, in the Brad Bannister days, where it was a little easier to get media accreditation. And so uh, he just let these two broadcasting students come in and start talking to the guys post game and produce a little, uh, you know, six minute highlight package podcast interview thing. Um, and then uh, one of that one of the hosts left there. I joined the podcast, and we turned it into a one hour interview format that we did after the games. Um, and the guys would come in and and sit down and and tell us all about themselves. And we had that as Roughnecks Radio for a couple of years. I remember that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and that that turned into Grant and I finally moving up to the booth and becoming the broadcast team. Um, for the NLL uh, here in Calgary, and and Grant is on the play-by-play, and I get the color duties, and uh, and you know since then uh, other sports always come up. I I work for uh, Z Promotions uh, on the under the Fight Night banner, mm. doing their play-by-play and uh, doing pro MMA um, out of uh, mostly out of Alberta, although we've traveled out of here a couple times. Did a show down in Las Vegas a couple years ago, and then I've got the CFL Horseman podcast which is a CFL-based uh, show about the uh, Calgary Stampeders, where once a week the team will send uh, one of the players over to my place. They come down into the basement. We drink a couple <laughs> beers. We talk about football, and we have a good time. Now, uh, that show, currently on hiatus. Okay. Uh, but uh, tons of past episodes. If you're, uh, if you're a CFL fan, um, always good to hear guys' stories and, and how they grew up and uh, – and our show does a pretty good job of getting guys away from those cliche answers. Big CFL fan, not so much a Stampeders fan, Ryan Ballantyne, if I'm being honest <laughs> with you, uh, as I'm near and dear to the BC Lions. But uh, that, that's that's pretty cool, man. You got these guys coming over to your house, having a having a pop or two down in your basement talking football. That's uh, that's next level stuff right there. So, uh, you, I mean, some give me some favorite memories in, in your roughneck time. Uh, championships got to come to the top of the table, I would think. But uh, fun. I've called many a game besides you at the Saddle Dome there, and it's a real unique building to call a game from. I love it. Uh, give me some roughneck highlights from your career. Yeah, I mean, obviously the two championships uh, that I've covered um, were were remarkable. Um, you know, uh, uh, 
from from my perspective, unfortunately for me, uh, the league decided to go with uh, some fly-in broadcasters mm. on that championship game the last uh, the last time it was here. But, Stupid uh, politics, um, yeah. But you know the the cool thing about that was I got to take my son to the game. He's a young lacrosse player. He started playing at Tyke and he's made his way up. and And I got to have him sit down uh, in the stands with me for the first time because I've always worked the game. Right. Uh, so we got to go to a game for the first time together. And after the game, uh, we went down. Uh, we went down underneath, and and he got to go on the field as they were presenting the uh, the the trophy and and Curtis Dixon gave him a stick. Oh, very cool. Um, and uh, Tyler Richards let him hold the Champions Cup. Oh, wow. Uh, he said, hey, buddy, you want to hold this? Uh, so I've got a picture of my boy with the with the NLL trophy and uh, – and uh, you know, and, and my son's using. He took the the head off of Curtis's stick, and he fought like hell to to figure out how to get the ball out of it. Um, <laughs> but he used it last year to score fifty goals. So oh, good for uh, he's, yeah. He's pretty excited about the idea that he's playing with the same stick head that Curtis Dixon uses. Uh, so, I was gonna uh, say not. That, that's probably top for me. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And I gotta say, like, I don't like. I don't think there's too many people out there that could use Curtis Dixon's pocket for anyone that hasn't seen it. It is a very unique kind of where it, where it sits in his stick. And he uses it very effectively. I'm just saying, I don't know how many guys could pick up Curtis Dixon's stick and and be able to chuck it around. Um, Yeah, that's a very cool experience. So careful now, Ryan Ballantyne, no more champions cup, just the NLL cup. Right. Of course. Yeah. The NLL cup. Yeah. Uh, so that changed when I was in the Big Brother house. Right. Uh, so, uh, so <laughs> you, wait a second. You were on. You were on Canada. But I did not know this. You were on Can- Canada's Big Brother. Yeah, I was on Big Brother Canada in season six. And wow. So I actually had to leave the lacrosse season. Um, and fortunately, uh, you mentioned the Saddle Dome being a cool place to to watch a game because of the setup that they have at the Saddle Dome it was giving out the best signal for NLL TV a couple of years back. Um, you know, some of the other rinks weren't quite up to that kind of standard. Right. Um, and so as a result, it was the game of the week. And a lot of times was coming out of Calgary. So they were flying in the guys doing the game of the week every week. So I wasn't needed very often. Ah. Um, so I actually left at the halfway point of the season to go compete on Big Brother Canada. And I don't know that anybody noticed because <laughs> it was the game of the week yeah. every week. And, and so I wasn't needed anyway. Far out. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, that's when they made the change to the NLL Cup. Right. Rather than the Champions Cup, yeah. so it didn't stick in my brain at all. Well, I got uh, I got a I got a real cool picture of uh, my daughter who was literally just born in, in 2009, and, and uh, Kyle Cooling came came by with with the old Champions Cup, and and I got her sitting in the cup uh, with me and him, which is back from the '09 Championship. So one of my favorite pictures there. Uh, all right, enough about memory lane here, Ryan Ballantyne. Let's get on to who we had here. It's brought to you by Stampede Tack and Western Wear. And I got to let you know whether you're having a staycation or summer takes you somewhere down the road. Now is the time to check out Stampede Tack and Western Wear out there in Cloverdale. They got you covered with a great selection of riding and Western gear to help you enjoy the summer fun. And also a wonderful array of hats to keep you protected from the sun as well. Stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local and and because we are now into round three i know you wanted to get a little peek at the entire bracket i 
I should probably work on my uh, knowledge of Google spreadsheets, I think they're called, and figure out how I can take like a screenshot of it because I can't figure out how to get like the entire 64-man bracket into one picture so I can kind of post that up online so people can see how the guys got to where they are now. So anyways, if you know how to do that, man, maybe you can tell me once we're done recording here. <laughs> or, I'll, or I'll get on YouTube and just figure it out. But where I'm going with all this, oh, because we are, only, uh, we are now into round three is what I'm trying to say, only two fights in both who we had and who we got because they're more important. we got to discuss these things. But the results are in via Twitter at LaxClass. Thank you for casting your votes. And good voter turnout once again for these two scraps. First up, uh, a man that, that I went toe-to-toe with back in my heyday here, Ryan. Um, Andy Ogilvie taking on one just – he was a lunatic. Miles General. Andy Ogilvie against Miles General in, in Ogie. Pretty convincing win here. 69% say the voters. And, and Andrew Ogilvie – Moving on. Well, I mean, Ogilvy is a, a name that you're gonna that you immediately recognize. Um, you know, as as a tough guy, one of the one of the big tough guys in the NLL. I think it, it's not a surprise to me. I think when when I saw the two of them matched up, that uh, that Ogilvy would get the fan vote. Um, I, I think a, a lot of these uh, are, are name recognition more than sure more than. Uh, than, than fighting skill, but uh, that's that's throwing no shade at Andy Ogilvy. No, so and that's throw, that's kind of part the guy of. I can throw knuckles. Yeah, absolutely. I can tell you that firsthand. And and uh, listen, that's that's kind of part of the deal, right here. It's a fan interaction. It's a bit of a popularity contest. But all these guys worthy of being exactly where they are. Second fight up here. Uh, the Hammer, Mike Messenger, Saskatchewan Rush, going up against Buffalo Bandit, the captain, and Steve Priolo. Almost 200 votes here. This this fight was a little bit closer. It was a lot closer, actually. And back and forth it went. I knew both fan bases were going to turn out to vote for this one, but it's Priolo. These two actually went in Queen's Park. I should have showed you this fight beforehand, Ryan, but these two actually fought in the summer. Shamrocks and Bellies. And it was a dandy between Messenger and Priolo. Actually, give Messenger the decision in that one, but the fans say no. Buffalo Bandit Steve Priolo, fifty-six percent, moving on to the Elite Eight. Well, when you when you talk about Steve Priolo, I mean, again, another all-timer. He's he's a guy that uh, you just don't want to have to get in the way of uh, when he's decided to drop the gloves. I think being on the other side of that fight is going to be a tough one. But, I mean, when your nickname's The Hammer, uh, you're probably willing to, to answer that bell. So, um, But, uh, again, uh, uh, the Buffalo fan base, um, as a Roughnecks fan, I can certainly understand the Buffalo uh, fan base, uh, having faced them a couple times uh, for championships here and there. But sure. uh, Priolo, Priolo uh, coming out on top again, um, when when you think about N- NLL tough guys yeah. and lacrosse tough guys, Steve Priolo's got to be in the top five of that that discussion. Agreed, and, and I fully expect him to get to the Elite Eight and maybe even a step further. We shall see. Both Ogilvy and Priolo on opposite sides of the bracket here. So two guys into the final eight here of the best lacrosse fighter of all time. We'll have two more scraps coming up for you in who you got. And 
Man, these two fights coming up in quarter number four, uh, just get your lucky quarter out or something here, Ryan, because I don't know how you're going to pick between these four guys. Like, man, they all deserve to, to win this next round, but only two are, are moving on. I think this is uh, this is uh, going to come down to the failure of the bracket. Uh, when these guys were originally seeded, that all four of these guys end up in these two fights. Um, I mean, you, you just got to question the bracketology. <laughs> of, uh, of the I love it. I love it, man. Because you know what? When <laughs> when I started this, and I you know I put some names in, I took some names out. By the way, somebody suggested me the Westwood brothers. Uh, be in this tournament, and I can't believe I left him out. But uh, Bubba, nor George, or I can't even remember the other one. But the Westwood brother, Mean Piece, didn't make it. Sp- by the way, I want to get back to this before we move along here and, and tell you about my bracket. But did you check? I don't know if you follow Mike Messenger on on Instagram or not, but check out his latest post. He has literally like put on some sort of harness. Uh, and he's pulling a, like a, a cement truck across a parking lot. I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm yes, not. Jesus, I'm not joking. Uh, I'm, I'm seeing. No, I'm seeing that right now. Yeah, he's got. Uh, it looks like a, like a boom truck or something. I d- yeah, like um, it's heavy. Is all I know. There's a better way to to spend your lunch break. <laughs> <laughs> work boots on like he's got the work steel toe work unbelievable check out mike messenger on instagram i'm sorry my mess but but you're done in in the best lacrosse fighter of all time but man you are winning the internet with with posts like that uh back to the bracket here just so you know like when i when i started this i just like compiled a list of like 70, 80 guys or whatever, and I just started dropping names in all over the place. Like, there was no seating. I didn't put purposely one guy on one side and another guy on the other side. The only thing I did, I had four goalies in, in the tournament, and uh, one of them is still left, but I put two goalies up against each other on either side. That was the only, and the one matchup I was also in the tournament, and I matched myself up against Psycho McMichael in the opening round just so I would lose and, and get out of the way. But, so what I'm saying here, there was no seeding, but, like, when you when you wind up with fights, like, like I'm telling you, they're, they're going to be even better moving into the Elite Eight and Final Four. Wait till you hear some of the names coming up. So... Look forward to that. Well, and I, I, I do want to throw that back. I'm really excited that Pat Campbell's still in the bracket. Yeah. Um, and he's fighting and, Scotty and, Campbell. And he is still, right? <laughs> yeah. It's going to be Patty Campbell up against Soupy, Scott Campbell. Campbell on Campbell, because, no relation. Like, uh, Pat Campbell uh, played for Calgary for a while, and he was probably the craziest oh, player yeah. I ever talked to. From like it just like you know his his whole body was hurting all the time, you know, and he was just willing to he was willing to throw at a moment's notice. Uh. He would run down the floor and take one for the team, and it just there is nothing better in sports than a goalie fight at all. Absolutely, um, and so Pat yep. Campbell dropping and going always just fired me right up in the booth there you go well uh yeah well i think not this episode next episode we'll be on to to the bottom half of the bracket here and and some more dandy matchups coming up uh your boy jeff moleski still in in the bracket as well don't forget about him 
Uh, I think quarter one is done here, Ryan Ballantyne. Nice work. Let's move on to quarter number two, and let's get the birthday boy on the line, Eli Salama from the Chrome and Roughnecks on the other side. Keep it right here. Episode 94, Lax Class on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. A Vancouver Warriors game at Rogers Arena sounds like this. Jones shoots and he scores! Diving effort from Mitch Jones. Nothing's monotone. Lee and Beers go crashing into the crease. Nothing's boring. Now we're going to have a fight. It's the captain squaring off. And at Vancouver Warriors games, loads up. Nothing's offside. Tries a shot and he scores! Experience it for yourself. Vancouver Warriors tickets are available now. Tickets starting from 1995. Visit VancouverWarriors.com tickets today. Hey, this is Brendan Bomberry from the Georgia Swarm and Iroquois Nationals. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network, your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Welcome back to Lax Class, episode number 94. Into the second quarter we go. Uh, long change here. Watch, watch your changes. Welcoming, actually, i got to thank my friends at the Vancouver Warriors here before I go anywhere else. VancouverWarriors.com, hashtag nothing's offside. And uh, still checking out those draft profiles at VancouverWarriors.com. Follow along on their social media as well, at NLL Warriors, Twitter, Instagram, VancouverWarriors.com. Thanks for their continued support. Uh, somebody from the Vancouver area, actually from my hometown of Coquitlam, BC, now on the line here celebrating his 24th birthday on Lax Class here. Former fifth overall pick for the Langley Thunder, 12th overall for the Calgary Roughnecks, winning an NLL title just a season ago also a member of the pll chrome eli salama first timer on lax class happy birthday man thanks for doing this thank you thank you thanks for having me uh my pleasure our pleasure jake Kelly, ryan ballantyne with you uh well let's let's start with the birthday man uh what what do you, what do you got going on tonight what's happening uh, not too much. Uh, girlfriend got me a nice uh, breakfast there. We went on a little bike ride through the forest. Uh, she's going to cook up a nice steak dinner for me this evening. Um, and yeah, that's been the day. Nothing too crazy. Can't complain with that right there. Uh, let's let's talk a little PLL before we get into the NLL stuff, Eli. And and you making the jump from from the MLL to the PLL. You you land with the Chrome. Uh, decent round robin, but things not kind of panning out for you, but just give me your general, uh, feelings on, on how the bubble was down there in Utah. Looked like a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, really well put on, um, you know, felt safe the whole time, which was, uh, something that, you know, I think guys were nervous about going in. Um, but the PLL did a great job making us feel safe, um, even before. Um, and then once we got there, so, you know, hats off to the medical team. Um, as for, for Chrome, you know, yeah, like you said, a pretty good round Robin, um, close one against archers, but, uh, almost had that four and which was, you know, maybe not an express goal, but, um, you know, you, you go there to win every game. So, um, but yeah, it was, uh, you know, good tournament, a lot of fun, uh, a lot of new guys on Chrome, myself being one of them. Um, unfortunate the way it happened with chaos in the, uh, the playoffs there, but that's off to them, man, you know, to be able to go 0-4 and, and then uh, to, to pull that one out in the playoffs and, you know, make a good run at it, um, you know, credit where credit is due. 
Now, uh, Eli, going back to the NLL with the Roughnecks, you uh, played two seasons here, of course, the second season, just getting interrupted, but uh, seemed like you found more of an offensive flow uh, in your second season, uh, taking from, from five points the year before all the way up to 12, scored five goals in just 10 games. Uh, what was uh, the difference for you offensively, or, or was it uh, you know, Coach Miloski giving you a little more offensive freedom? Um, you know, I think, I think coach, uh, gives us all, you know, the, the go ahead if there's numbers, um, you know, he trusts us to make the right decision. Um, I think more than anything, it's just with the confidence in myself and my stick, uh, you know, from one year to the next, um, you know, I, I think just kind of getting the hang of shooting on those goalies. We got a great, uh, tandem there in Calgary, as well as Landon Cal's come in, uh, you know, on, on most weekends as well. So, uh, a lot of good goalies to shoot on there and, you know, just makes me a better shooter and, I did get an empty netter, so you know, not all, uh, not all. <laughs> hey, you had you had that two bomb in in Utah, if I recall, though, right? You had that big hit. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, but yeah, no, I think it's just more confidence in yourself and, and uh, pushing the ball. Um, and then when you got you know guys taking some of the attention, like Courier and, and Shane, um, you know, it makes my job a little bit easier in the transition as well. Speaking with the birthday boy Eli Salama here, and and I was going to ask you that Eli, and, and confidence may be be your answer but you know going from your rookie season into your second year in the NLL what what type of things did you learn on how to prepare for year two and and what are you going to take away from year two that you want to bring into year three yeah um you know I think going in rookie year uh you're you know kind of baptism by fire if you will um there's a lot of great leaders on the defensive end um in Calgary uh Manning being one of them he really helped me out um that training camp my rookie year uh, second year, I think just knowing what's ahead of you really, really helps. Um, and kind of finding your rhythm and, and finding your role within the team gives you some more confidence to just make plays rather than, you know, worrying about stuff or we're trying to learn the system and, you know, the, the communication that we use. Um, I think just familiarity and then again, confidence. Um, the, the coaching staff there does a great job of making sure, you know, um, they're correcting what needs to be corrected, but they they do a good job of making sure that we're uh, we feel appreciated and um, you know it's uh, you know can't say enough about the whole organization there. When you uh, win a championship as a rookie and come back for year two, uh, do you kind of have any any guys on the team coming coming in to to warn you that it's not always going to end that way? Because um, I know there's there's a couple guys in the room there that have you know, won them early in their careers. And then there was a rather long break in between. Um, how, how was the, the mentality coming into the season? Um, I think the same, you know, uh, last year was great, but uh, you know, new year, new team. We got some rookies that, you know, don't have a ring. So let's go get them one, um, you know, and let's get ourselves some more. I, you know, I think, you know, you're going in year after year trying to win. Um, especially having dealt with, uh, not me personally, but, you know, some of the guys, uh, Saskatchewan had, you know, some, some great years there. Um, and you know, why can't we be that next team to kind of to start something really special and go on a, a good run like that. Speaking with Eli Salama and correct me if I'm wrong here, Eli, cause it, it, it feels like last season feels like a year ago, but it was only a few months ago when things kind of shut down, but, uh, Calgary, a bit of a bit of a slow start out of the gate. I don't know if that's a, that's a championship hangover or maybe just some, some key injuries. But you guys hadn't really started to hit your stride, but it, it kind of ended right when I felt like you guys were starting to turn it up a little bit. 
Yeah, I think, you know, both my years uh, there, we started a little slow um, for whatever reason, right? You know, um, not really sure if you can pinpoint one. But, uh, yeah, you know, with COVID and everything happening, um, unfortunate, but obviously there's bigger things than just lacrosse. But for, for our sake, um, yeah, it felt like we kind of turned a good corner there. Um, you know, a barn burner in Georgia and, uh, you know, a good win in Toronto. Um, we, you know, for me personally, I felt like we were kind of right back on the right track there. Um, unfortunately, it got postponed a little bit, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. But, yeah, it felt like we were kind of getting it going there near the end. Was there optimism within the the team, knowing that you know you you event if if there if there had been a restart like we've seen in some other leagues, um, that with the Roughnecks left side finally being healthy offensively and and seeing you know Dobie being off suspension and being back in the lineup, those kind of things was was there thought that it was that you guys were fully you know finally ready to go for the the stretch run there yeah for sure um you know with kinger being on the loop like right there almost back um you know i got to play with him in utah he was my roommate down there um and seeing what he was able to do with the chrome uh that would have been nice to see what we could have done with him uh and the rest of the squad with the you know the second half of the season in calgary um but yeah you know we're, we're a lot of optimism the whole way through um just kind of Tweaking things, uh, seeing what's working, what's not, year or you know, uh, weekend in, weekend out. Um, but yeah, a lot of optimism there. It felt like everybody was kind of getting back on the same page again, and we were ready to make a, a solid run. Few more minutes here with Eli Salama, the Calgary Roughnecks, and PLL Chrome. And and Eli, I would say you're you're a guy that likes to show off your personality and your style a little bit out on the out on the floor with uh, you know with the one leg and the compressions and maybe some fancy shoes and of course the hair and, and you know my my chat group I got I said who who's got some questions for Eli Salama I'm not going to tell you who asked it but one okay. said Eli ask Eli. Because you you got the flow, everybody. He wants to know who you think has the top three in the league as far as hair goes. Top three as far as hair goes. Wow, tough uh, tough one. Um, am I including myself or am I not? Including no, you myself? can't include. You're, you're number one. You're number one. But give me okay. your your next three. I appreciate, three. I appreciate yeah. that vote there. Um, ooh, uh, I, no particular order. I'll oh. just put three guys up. Okay. Um, you can't have, uh, you know, the Instagram handle Unreal Flow uh, without having some good hair. There you go. Tyson Bell's teammate. There. Teammate, yes. Uh, teammate. Uh, Derek Downs, if you want the, oh, the good real one. stuff. Good one. Yeah, Great former junior there. junior teammate, Mental Cup champion. Junior teammate, yeah. Teammate in Calgary there last year. Um, and then the third. Ooh, that's a tough one. Chad Cummings had some great hair there. I know mm. I'm playing favorites with the Calgary boys, but he had some good hair. He cut it, but uh, he's got to be up there. Yeah, uh, um, Colin Farrell, like Colin Farrell down there in, in Utah. He's he's got some some locks up. Great hair. Looks like Thor. Uh, just a great guy with a, a bellowing laugh. You can't say enough good things about Colin Farrell. <laughs> Speaking with Eli Salama here, and, and before we let you go, Eli, I think Ryan's got one more for you here. But I want to get some Langley Thunder in there, and you've 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 been away from from the black and blue for a couple of seasons now, playing playing field across in the MLL, and now no WLA season, but you're PLL anyway. Uh, is there is there a plan to maybe return to the to the motherland in the summertime coming up here and, and get back inside the LEC? 
Yeah, we'll see. You know, I, I there's a great group there in Langley. Uh, you know, a bunch of former junior or junior teammates uh, in the Buckings as well. Um, yeah, you know, I don't know what the future holds. Uh, I won't say no, um, but yeah, uh, Langley's a great organization, and you know, and uh, I'd be more than happy to suit up for them again. Uh, me too, man. Uh, miss watching you run and gun here in the summer and uh, look forward to seeing you back in red and black with the Calgary Roughnecks when the NLL fires back up and, and the PLL and the Chrome for that matter as well, man. Have a great rest of your birthday, Eli. Say hi to the family for me. I know they'll be listening in, so I think I kind of just did that, but uh, appreciate your time and, and we'll talk again soon. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks for coming on, Eli Salama, and and always Ryan been a big Eli Salama fan since his days with the Coquitlam Junior Adnacks. This this guy he he can run with the best of them, and the sticks there as well. And I think he's a little underrated as far as his nastiness goes. I think he gets under people's skin too. Yeah, one of the few guys, uh, well, a couple guys on the Roughnecks through last year, but Eli was definitely uh, one of the tougher characters out there. Uh, he, he brooks no uh, uh, bull in front of the net, mm. um, and uh, and he'll clear a guy out without even thinking twice. I often wonder what it would be like just to be able just to run up the floor and have it feel and look so effortless, like Eli makes it look. You know what I mean? Like I well, and and not the least of which because the hair is flowing out the well, back. Yeah. So it, it, it adds to the, the look of the speed when the hair is going out the back because now it looks like he's moving so much faster than even he is. Um, just visually, you, you think, oh, yeah. look at him go. Look at that hair flying out behind him. Yeah. I remember when I was a kid, I used to think that wearing shoes too small for my feet made me run faster. I don't think it was true, Ryan. Now, let's take another quick break here on Lacrosse Classified and Coming back, quarter three, under review and quick sticks on episode 94, Lax Class, Lacrosse Flash, Podcast Network. Hi, Meryl from the Georgia Swarm. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network, your go-to source for all things NLL and box cross. Quarter three, lax class back in session. Eyes up front, pay attention, settle down. Jake Kelly, Ryan Ballantyne with you here for episode 94. Good conversation there with uh, birthday boy Eli Salama. I don't know if I've ever talked to somebody on their birthday on the podcast before. That was kind of neat. Um, quick sticks and under review is what we do here in quarter number three. And as of late here with uh, free agency opening up and player windows, uh, you can sign here. I've been just kind of keeping the fans up to date on who was signed and where they have signed and all that sort of stuff. So I'm sure, again, I've missed somebody. Um, If I have, I apologize. Maybe I'll try and make it up last week. But you don't have to really comment on any of these because it's just fact more than anything ryan ballantyne but if uh if, you know one of these one or two of these signings jump off the page at you and you you feel like uh it caught your attention feel free to chime in are you ready will do here we go kevin orleman one year in the georgia swarm zach mans gets two for toronto rowan kelly two years in rochester jeremy noble back with the san diego seals fresh off the press here today my man denny armstrong uh, one year with the Vancouver Warriors, like that signing 
for sure. Bouquet back to New England for a fifth round pick. Uh, actually, it's Bouquet. Bouquet. I heard his younger brother do an interview and he pronounced his last name Bouquet. So I'm going to go with that from now on. Listen up, all you broadcasters out there. Bouquet. Wittig and Warren Jeffrey back in a mammoth uniform for one year. The Riptide signed uh, their scouting staff, Joel Johnson, video coordinator, John Veltman, Eastern Scout, Jim Dasberg, uh, excuse me, director of scouting, Joel Johnson, video coordinator, John Veltman, Eastern Scout, Jim Dasberg, Western Scout, John Nicholson. Congrats to all those guys. Trevor, the Beast Baptiste, two years in Philadelphia. The Rock trade Ryan Conrad to New England for a fourth rounder. I, I think that's a bit of a sneaky trade and sign there for New England. I really like Ryan Conrad. If he wants to give the box game a go, I think he's got a future. Harrison Smith, one year for the Vancouver Warriors as well. And I think that's it for signings. I do want to mention this as well, though, Ryan, and the renunciation list updated. Uh, Patrick Dodds, Lane Hrushka, Diesel DeGuzman, who is instantly on the all-name team with a handle like that. Diesel DeGuzman, my goodness. Noah Landro, Brad McCulley, Nash Moog, Brody O'Neill, Marshall Paulus, and Jordan Trache all declaring themselves eligible for the NLL draft. Signings, trades, uh, draft picks, anything jump out uh, for you there, there, Ryan Bell? Well, I mean, obviously the first thing is the kid's name, Diesel. Mm. Um, you know, as, as, a, as, a bri- as a color guy, um, the fun I'm going to get to have with that, right? Uh, I think is, is the first thing I thought about because anytime he does anything, he pours a little fuel on the fire. <laughs> the he, the you puns know, like, are these plenty. These kind of things. The puns. Yeah, there's, there's no way that that guy doesn't become an automatic favorite of every color guy in the league whenever he comes to town. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's the guy I'm going to talk about tonight. Yeah. Um, uh, but, uh, I mean, you know, a, a lot of – it's it's good to actually have lacrosse news, mm. uh, I think, is is my big takeaway. Um, you know, in, in, a, in the world we're living in now, any kind of sports news is going to get overanalyzed to death um, and, uh, and fortunately there's a lot of it out there for us right now. Yeah. Well, I always worry that there's just not going to be enough quick sticks every week, but then every week I feel like, man, I got to get through these cause I got so many and, and I still have, uh, some to go here. So let's keep it moving. Uh, don't forget about that lacrosse flash team store. I don't know if you've checked that out yet, Ryan Ballantyne, but you can find your lacrosse classified t-shirts up on the lacrosse flash team store. I suggest you get yourself like 50. Uh, one more week to go in the WLA podcast I'm doing. That will come out tomorrow. That's Wednesday. As myself and Teddy Jenner will uh, host that sucker. Victoria Shamrock's coming up this week. Jesse King of Calgary Roughneck ties in nicely. And head coach Bobby Hayes for Shamrock's week on WLA Weekly. Check that out. Uh, what else do I got on my list here? Oh, the Iroquois Nationals, they put out a t-shirt online with the together as one hashtag. And I think they sold like over 10,000 on day one, which I just thought was unbelievably fantastic. Uh, and all the proceeds go into the Nationals, which you love to see. And speaking of proceeds and all that sort of stuff, uh, I did have a call planned with Steve Stannerson at U.S. Lacrosse. Um I think I'm going to save that commentary for under review, but uh, we'll fill you in on that. NLL draft 
virtual September the 17th coming up. Tabitha Turner, Devin Caney, Stephen Stamp, Teddy Jenner will have you covered for that. Uh, looking forward to seeing how that rolls out virtually for the NLL entry draft coming up on the 17th. Uh, what else? Show update. i got to get this in here. Um, I mentioned this week, we're doing this week, Calgary, we're rounding out our, our co-host uh, rotation. We got one more week to go, and it's it ties in nicely, very nicely here, because I'm going to do an Iroquois Nationals uh, episode with my man, Charlie Ragusa. So Chuck will be co-hosting with me. And I'm hoping, I got Kurt Styers lined up, and I'm hoping to get one Lyle Thompson as the other guest for Iroquois Week coming up for episode 95. And then for episode 96, and I've been teasing this a little bit over the last few weeks, Ryan, so forgive me for being a little bit dramatic here. But uh, episode 96, the news is in, lacrosse fans. I will let you know right here, right now, episode 94 in Quick Sticks, that starting back on episode 96 of Lacrosse Classified, my longtime broadcast partner and good friend Brad, the Chancellor Challoner, will be rejoining Lax Class on a permanent basis. So I'm super excited about that and and while i'm on it here i just want to say thank you to you ryan and to every single person that has stepped into the co-host chair jim elst uh, Bermel, adam levy ty Merrow, pat gregoire tyson geick brad challoner teddy jenner uh jimmy else did i mention him uh devin caney brendan glasheen ryan flaherty uh, I, I, I'm probably missing somebody. If I am, I sincerely apologize. But I just want to say thank you to everybody who stepped up to, to kind of get me through the last three months. I literally could have not have done that without you. But I'm so pumped to have my man Brad Challoners come back in the co-host chair starting in a couple of weeks from now. So really looking forward to that. Last couple of things on quick sticks here. Uh, Six Feathers lacrosse ball. I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. They sent me a nice little gift pack. I hadn't got it yet. I finally got it. And and I just wanted to talk about it a little bit more. And and I think this is a really cool idea. I don't know if you've ever, like, you ever watched the U.S. Open tennis tournament, uh, Ryan? And, you know, the fans, they get those big giant tennis balls that they want to get signed by the, the pros after the game or the match, if it were. Yes. Well, six, yeah, they, uh, they're huge. Yeah, so Six Feathers Lacrosse Ball has designed this giant lacrosse ball, really, that is designed specifically to get autographed. And I just think, like, I could just see Rush Nation down on the turf, co-op field there with a giant autographed Saskatchewan Rush Ball uh, looking for their favorite Rush players to sign this, sign this thing. So I think it's a really cool idea, and, and I'm hoping to, to, to help these guys out a little bit. They also make a, a real cool kind of spongy training ball that, that you can whip around inside the house and stuff, which I like because I tend to do that from time to time. So check out Six Feathers lacrosse ball, training ball, autograph ball, and, and uh, pick one up because I think they're a neat idea. Last thing I want to mention here on Quick Sticks is – um, I posted a couple of hits up on Facebook. Well, I posted this one hit, and it was from the Minto Cup six years ago, and it's of Trevor Stacy blindside hitting on on John Luke Chetner, 
in the Minto Cup in 2014. And it caused a bit of a stir when I posted it back then. And I wanted to see if the reaction had changed six years later, knowing now what what we know about the rules and concussions and headshots and blindside hits and defensive players, defenseless players. And, and I just wanted to kind of see what the appetite was for it. And, and I got a little bit of everything and I don't know if you've seen it, Ryan Ballantyne. It's on my, on my Facebook. If you want to check it out. Yeah, I was, uh, I was looking at it. Um, and I, I definitely recognize that I would have seen that hit differently when I started doing roughnecks lacrosse mm. than I do now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, obviously it's a penalty. It's not even a question of a penalty. Um, and actually that it, it changed for me with the, uh, the, the bouquet hit, right. um, Carson a couple of years ago, yeah. uh, on Carson Leung, just ended a young man's career, yeah. um, with a, with a blindside hit in a vulnerable position. Um, and so, uh, yeah, when you, when you look at that hit now, it, it feels a lot worse to watch it than it did probably when it happened. Sure, and I get that. And most of the kind of the old school, this maybe should have been our under review here, but it, the, most of the opinion coming from the old school guys was you had to be aware of your surroundings. As Stacy steps out of the penalty box, Chetner's looking the, the complete other way, running 10 yards up floor, and whammo. And, and Stacy took every advantage that he could to deliver a heart as hard of a hit that he possibly could. And, you know, whether it's an elbow, whether it's contact to the head, what, what call it what you want. Um, I just, I, I wanted to see what the reaction was. It didn't change much. And I get the argument, be aware of your surroundings for me that the blind side defenseless player, you got to get that out of the game. You just have to. And it's funny because I don't think that they actually, I, I don't even know if they called a penalty back in 2014, but now talking with a lot of officials, funnily enough, they actually used that clip at the CLA for training referees for a definition of a match penalty. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, I, I can, I can think of last year. I want to say Greg Harnett got a match um, in, in a somewhat similar situation. Uh, the the ball was arriving. He hit somebody and and ended up getting tossed from the game. And and I was a little surprised by it in the booth. I didn't think it was um, all that devastating a hit, uh, but it was as the ball was arriving and the player was looking over his shoulder. And uh, when I when I spoke to uh, Harnett after the game, he said, "Well, what am I supposed to do? Let him catch the ball?" Yeah, yeah. You know, he said, "My my whole my whole purpose is to deny him the ball." And I, I hit him as the ball got there. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't early or anything like yeah, that. Listen, he, it was a well-timed hit. But because his head was turned the other way, it's just um, it was a defenseless hit yeah. and a match penalty. Yeah. And I, and listen, don't get me started because it's a different rule book than in the CLA than it is with the NLL and and right, different interpretations. Yeah, so that that's a problem in its own right. But, um, you know, the, the biggest thing that people were also saying is that they couldn't believe that nobody went after Stacy. And, and granted, Mike Messenger, who's probably the one guy on that team that would have went after him, was sitting in the penalty box already. And those two actually fought in that Minto Cup as well. But this was this was game five, I want to say. Coquitlam went up to nothing. Six Nations came back to tie the series 2-2. This was game five. And I like I don't think they wanted 
to go that route at that time, but it really changed the series. And and I said that, like that hit and then the lack of response changed that series for the Six Nations Arrows, and on they went to win in six games. So, um, again, I just, like, I don't know. Like, I, I get it. you got to be aware of your surroundings, but on the other side, you got to have some respect for some guys and just to try and end a guy like that because his head's turned, I don't know. But I get it. Like, it's a Minto Cup. You're trying to fire up your guys. You're trying to win a championship. So it's a real interesting clip and a lot of varying opinion on the hit. And and for the most part, it was a very respectful, educational, knowledgeable, uh, insightful thread, which is sometimes hard to find on Facebook. But uh, most people manage to kind of get through it and share their opinion without going over the line, which I, I appreciate it. Like, I, I like to listen to all sides. Yeah, it was it was uh, interesting to kind of float through the comments and and see that there were some players that said, you know, well, keep your head up. Yeah. Um, you know, um, but I, I there's something there's something to be said for keeping your head up and and at the same time having the responsibility towards your opponent. Yeah. Um, you know, you like it it always amazes me in pro sports that uh, when when a guy has a, a hit like that now, um, you know, and he'll get suspended and the other guy will be injured, and the the PA will will appeal the suspension. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you got to think, boy, it's awful tough for the guy who you just ended his career, and he's never going to play again. Yeah. To know that that the players' association he's paying dues into is standing there saying, "Look, it wasn't that bad a hit." Yeah, it's like um, the whole Crawford and, and so Crawford hit on Brad Cree. Same thing, right? Like, hey, you, you, yeah, yeah, you want to back your guy up, but you're also like the guy just got an elbow to the head. Like, what do you? And and that was the last yeah. thing I want to mention on this, and, I, and and we're going to move on. But you know, people are saying no response. Where's the response to Stacy? Well, if and these are the people that were saying it was a clean hit. So if it's a clean hit, why do you need a response to go after and fight a guy if it was a clean hit? So you're kind of contradicting yourself a little bit. Well, a clean hit still requires a response. Does if it? It's a big hit. Does it? It does. It does. If it's a big hit that could be a momentum changer, and let's not let's not forget how Stacy reacted after that too. Yeah. Because you could see his gloves were shaken. He was ready. He was ready to drop. Yeah. And I don't mean in fear, like no. he, you know, he was you know, given the, the old shake he wanted it. to indicate, Hey, I'm ready to go if you're ready. You yeah. you come and find me. I'm ready to yeah. go. Yeah. So I mean he, he expected to have to fight after that one. And sometimes in a sport that allows fighting, you're going to see a fight even after a clean hit, if just to snatch some of that momentum back. I, you can't allow that to go undefended because as you mentioned, it changed the series, changed the momentum, and that was it. Um, and you can kind of track it back to that hit. So sometimes even if it's a clean hit, you still have to answer it. I think that is a very astute comment right there, Ryan Ballantyne. Enough of quick sticks. Let's go under review. It's time for Under Review, presented by G. Wilson Construction. The challenge flag has been thrown, so now it's time to take the matter under review. Under review brought to you by G. Wilson Construction. GWilsonConstruction.com. Upload your resume today and start your career working in the construction business, building fine custom homes with a single focus. 
They're at gwilsonconstruction.com. Actually uh, spent the weekend out at the Wilson's Lake House once again. They had, a little, they had like a little tacky Hawaiian theme party going on. I'm not sure what was happening. We just kind of got invited out. So we went out. We you know picked up some shorts and a Tommy Bahama tea and, and headed on out to the Wilson's. And, and we got out there. And they were already, they have like a dock that they can put a little outboard motor on. So they're out floating around on the dock. So I'm standing on the beach going, well, this isn't very much fun. Everybody's out partying on the water. But there sat his 15-foot Mastercraft with a nice little 350 sitting under the shed. And I thought to myself, well, you know, most guys, they, they kind of leave their keys hidden around the boat somewhere. So I managed to find the keys. I managed to figure out how to turn the battery on and uh, drop the boat in the water. (laughs) I ripped up beside him, and they all had looks on their faces like, who the hell is this guy? And and he said, wait a second, that's my boat. So they they were not expecting me to pull up beside them in his own boat, but uh, it was kind of a funny little moment. Uh, We had a good time after that, and, and away we went. On the weekend, uh, gwilsonconstruction.com. Check him out. Upload your resume. Uh, under review this week, I mentioned I was supposed to have a call with Steve Stenerson, CEO of USA Lacrosse, Vice President of World Lacrosse as well, to discuss uh, the recent transgressions, I would say, of them using tribal nation names for donations to U.S. lacrosse and no money going back into the indigenous uh nations so i had some questions brandon bomberry had some questions we had him on last week and and uh another colleague of mine that that was involved in kind of the discussion via twitter i invited her onto the call as well i let steve know i planned on recording the phone call and uh things changed once i mentioned that to Mr. Sanderson that I was going to invite Tara Lynn onto the call and that it would be recorded and suddenly he declined to take the phone call and I replied to him with an email I have yet to get a response it's been days I don't expect one to come so I guess you know they've changed the wording on their website they've changed they've taken down the insensitive posts that they have with naming nations for their donations and i think they've kind of changed all that around so i guess if if nothing else we kind of put us lacrosse on on alert that people are watching and people care and you got to be sensitive to to the things that you're doing around there and i still have a lot of questions for for mr stenerson about some other things that are that are going on with U.S. lacrosse and, and in particular the situation down in South Dakota with two indigenous teams being banned from the league when they were the ones that were subjected to racial slurs. So I and U.S. lacrosse still funding this league. So I don't know exactly what direction I'm going to go in to this, but I'm not going to go away on it either. So. Some things need to change, and and some questions still need to be answered. And and I pretend, or I, 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 I'm going to get to the bottom of it one way or another. And I'm hoping that I can do it with with a phone call, but I'm not sure it's that's going to happen. So I may need to go in a different direction on it. What do you what do you what well, do I'm you just, make of all this, Ryan? First off, I'm surprised that he wouldn't do the phone call. Well, uh, you you've done. You've done something dumb as an organization by putting donation levels attached to tribe names, not only not donating any of that back to the tribes, because I understand why you're, you're raising money for you. Like yeah. that 
I kind of see. Misguided. Misguided and insensitive. The initial thought was we're honoring these people. But the first time I read it, I went, well, but you're honoring one tribe. You're placing a value on individual tribes now and saying that one is infinitely more valuable to you than another. Which doesn't make any sense. No. The whole the whole thing was ass backwards. And when you've got you know, when you when you stick your foot so far down your mouth that you're kicking out your belly button, you need to you need to come out and and, and have that public mea culpa about it. You yeah. need to come out, you need to address it publicly. If someone wants to do a recorded phone call with you, you take it. You 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 know, you apologize profusely, you continue to say it it won't happen again. It was not intended to be mean-spirited or racist in any way, but we can see now why it appears that way, and we're apologizing and moving forward, and you know, everything, all of those things that they've been doing through news releases yeah. sit in front of somebody and say publicly. Yeah, and and, and again, it's not that tough. No, and and he did go on like an Instagram live and and talked about the racial inequality with with black players and 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 I'll give him some respect on that. And again, like I don't think Steve and U.S. Lacrosse are particularly a bad guy or bad bad people. I think they had just some really misguided thoughts that just slipped through the cracks of way too many people that got posted up. But there's still, again, like I'll say, there's still some, some things I'd like answered. I'm still not quite sure how one person can be the CEO of, of a governing body and the vice president of, of world lacrosse. Like I kind of feel like there's a bit of a conflict there where one hand is shaking the other. So I, I, I'd still like to understand some things. And, And for me, like if you got nothing to hide, why are you opposed to the call being recorded? And I've had this, the CEO of World Lacrosse on during the World Championships here in Langley and Jim Shearer, and we had a great conversation, and, and we had a lot of good things to talk about in World Lacrosse. And, and again, it's great to see that the, the thing is heading in the right direction for the Iroquois to be able to compete at the World Games, but I'm, I'm, I'm wondering what, why the apprehension to invite when I invited Terrell in onto the call and that I was going to record it, why the apprehension for the decision to change in that regard? Well, I think at that point it becomes being unwilling to accidentally say something stupid again. Yeah, maybe. Um, and, and to, and, you know, fear of um, opening his mouth and saying something that either, either within or outside of context could sound bad um, you know, I, I think there might be a fear there, but again, like you still got to take that call. Yeah. You still have to be able to answer those questions. Um, because you know, it's no longer you know, 18 months ago, you could have gotten away without answering the question. Mm. 18 months ago, you could have put out a press release and you would have gotten away with it. People would have forgotten about it. The news cycle would have moved on. That's not where we are anymore. Um, and, and I think that now you, now more than ever, you owe people the ability to be open and have that conversation, especially if you agreed to the conversation in the first place, the fact that the conversation got harder for you doesn't mean you can't have it and shouldn't have it, um, and should not only not have it, but stop responding entirely. Yeah. You know, if, if he came back and said, look, 
you know, I'm, I'm comfortable having a conversation, but I'm afraid that the inclusion of your colleague is going to lead to some sort of ambush. Um, and that's not really what I think would move the conversation forward. Something just yeah. respond. Yeah. You yeah. Know? No, but, I agree. I mean, Ryan, the idea and- that you're not responding is, is, unprofessional yeah so i'm gonna give it a couple of more days and i even said listen if i agree not to record the call can we still make this happen because i still have questions that i'd like answered and, and so does tara lynn and so does brendan so not the story's not not over yet and again like i don't think he's a bad guy i think just some real misguidedness is going on around there and some questions need to be answered. and hey ryan like you better be careful with with some of these takes that you're making or i'm going to ask you back to do this again because i couldn't agree with you more right now <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta make up for it somehow. You were supposed to have Jeff Snyder on, and and now you've disappointed I, everybody I, with I, me. So. I'm not regretting that decision one <laughs> single second here. Uh, quarter three, my friend, is now done. Three down, one to go. It's the most fun one. It's the best one. It's who you got. It's presented by Stampede Tack and Western Wear, and it's on the other side here of Lacrosse Classified on Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. This is Ryan Banesh of the Halifax Thunderbirds. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified, going the game one podcast at a time. No more breaks on Lacrosse Classified as we move into the fourth quarter here of episode 94. Jake Elliott, Ryan Ballantyne with you. And you just heard there from Associated Labels and Packaging at AssociatedLP.com. At AssociatedLP, as in labels and packaging on the old social media there. Uh, Sean Ashworth and the gang, Dana and Coquitlam. I saw you had the boys out in the valley doing a little dirt biking over the weekend looked like a lot of fun uh focusing on people ethics quality and of course family owned down there in coquitlam for over 30 years pumping out the best labels and packaging that uh, the world can offer and always the environment in mind Stampy Tech and Western Wear is who sponsors who you got here in quarter number four. And they've been long known as having Canada's best variety of Western and cowboy boots. But did you also know, Ryan Ballantyne, and, and you probably need some living in the parts that you do. They also have boots that are approved for the job site, both men and ladies, Blundstone or Boggs. Or for all day comfort, there's the Work Hog by Ariat. Shop online. It's still shopping local. Stampede.ca, or you can make the trip out there to Cloverdale. They've been there since 1966. Uh, I've never been to the Calgary Stampede. Have you ever been to the Cloverdale Stampede? I have not been to the Cloverdale Stampede. Oh, Cloverdale Rodeo is what they call it. Cloverdale Rodeo. My apologies. I, I can't say I have there. I, you know, as as a Calgarian uh, through and through. Um, I get my rodeo fix. Yeah. Uh, during those ten days sure. here, um, I, you know, I enjoy the rodeo, but I'm certainly not going to travel for rodeo. Oh come on, you're just you're just posted up in cowboys for like a week straight. I'm sure just 
soaking it. You got the lariat on, and the, you know the. You know when it's when when you've got a sales job, you have to attend to your customers' needs, uh, and that is that is a part of the the Calgary Stampede. It's it's Absolutely. something you got to do. It's not. I don't want to be at the bar for ten days. I have to be. That's the yeah, job. Man. That's what. That's your story, and you're sticking to it. And I'm sticking to it. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, who you got coming up here? And and like I said, round three. So just two fights on the docket. And and man, I like. I've I've tried a lot of different things in in my broadcasting career, including equestrian uh, Ryan Ballantyne. But I. I, like, I don't know, man. I, I get in the, you know, the I don't know what they call it, the grandstand, I suppose they call it, and watching those guys riding the bolt. But the announcer, like, I want to be, I want to give that a go. Guys, bull, I want to announce bull riding. I think chuck wagon racing would be mine. Okay. I, the the Joe Carberry uh, role, I think, would be uh, the one that I'd have a lot of fun with. Always dangerous, the chuck wagon races, though. They scare me a little bit, the chuck wagon races. All right, uh, who you got? With two T's on the end of got here. And two more fights to go in round three as we'll uh, put these matchups up on Twitter. And, and man, oh, man, I'm about to get Orangeville, Ontario very upset with me here, Ryan, as uh, two former – no, well, I guess once you're a Northman, you're always a Northman. Two Hornheads about to lock horns here. And – uh, funnily enough, these two actually have fought in, in the NLL before, and uh, also funnily enough, I got to call that scrap in Minnesota. The champ, Andrew Suter, going up against Brody Merrill. I hate to do it, but this is what's happened. Andrew Suter up against Brody Merrill. Ryan Ballantyne, who you got? Well, I think when you started this tournament, you might have had Suter as a one or two seed yes. if you bothered to seed. Yes, um, I would have. You're correct. One of the that. greatest fighters uh, in the box game, in lacrosse. Uh, Suter, one of the toughest customers. But oh. I'm an MMA guy. Oh. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I, call these, I call these fights for, for money on TV. And so, given Merrill's reach mm. advantage, mm-hmm. I'm going to give this one to Merrill. Suter is tough, and Suter will try and get close. And I think if this fight involved somebody from one of our other matchups that we're going to talk about in a minute, I might have changed this decision. Mm. But for me, I'm going to go Merrill over Suter. He's punching down. He's punching with reach. Wow. He can keep himself outside of the range. And so I'm going to take Merrill over I'm Suter. I'm not sure anyone's ever broken it down as concisely like that on who you got here, Ryan. But I like it. <laughs> but I but I will disagree with you. I know these two fought. And when they did fight, I almost feel like they they didn't want to fight each other because they have – like I know – It Suits, was reluctant. They, he respects Merrill so much, and I know the same is for Brody and Andrew. So I don't think they really wanted to fight each other. Brody – Cut cut Andy up uh, a little bit there, if I recall. He was leaking on the, on the way off the floor. But it wasn't like these two hated each other and wanted to punch each other's lights out. Like, it was like, okay, we got to do this. Let's make it look good, and now we're done. But if they were to actually, you know, hate each other and throw down here, like, I, I've seen Suter overcome the reach of Paul Dawson, I've seen Andrew Suter overcome. I mean, he just kicked the snot out of Bill O'Brien, who had a much longer reach 
than Suitsy did. So I don't think that's ever been an issue for the champ. So I'm taking Andrew. Sorry, Brody. I'm taking Andrew Suter here to move on past Brody Merrill. We'll put that vote up on Twitter at Lax Class. And uh, you can cast your vote. I think Orangeville is going to be very upset that these two are fighting each other. But you got to make a decision. There's no two ways about it. One fight down, one to go here. And this another, like, I, I'm just going to say it. It's Jeff Snyder up against Billy D. Smith. I don't know who I'm picking. Who you got? Well, this one's, this one's incredibly tough. Uh, for me, um, I need to. I actually need to quantify this. Where are we? Are we taking them at their absolute prime? Yes, yes. Prime, you know, like, prime, prime, prime. Like yes. Video game, video game. Hundred percent versus video game. Jeff Snyder. Hundred percent. Mm, that's a really interesting fight for me. Uh, I think. I think in this case, when I'm watching Billy D. Smith fights online today, which I spent time doing because I'm like, I'm Thank not you. just going to walk into this Thank unprepared. You. Billy D. Smith, I'm watching his fights online. What he was able to do in a lot of his fights was overwhelm guys with his hand speed. He'd get a hold of you and he'd, he'd fire quick. And it wasn't necessarily, you know, there were powerful punches, mm. but they weren't necessarily overwhelming punches. Um, but he, he'd fire so fast that a guy didn't really have time to get set and get at him. And Snyder was that um, type of guy where he kind of liked to stand back and size you up and kind of, yeah. you know? And Snyder would wait. Snyder would wait. Like, you know, that pit viper, right? Mm-hmm. You got to get close enough to me, and then I'm going to KO you. Um, I'm going to take uh, Snyder, not only because I think he, he wins this fight, cause I know he can take a punch yeah. and he can certainly deliver a punch, but also because I'm not interested in having him deliver <laughs> a punch to me the next time I see him yeah. at the saddle. Dome. Yeah. So that's smart. So that's... Jeff Snyder, Jeff Snyder takes the whole bracket that... as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's smart thinking. I, I said, I said that last week with Mike Messenger up against Priella. I said, there's no way. I'm picking against Messenger because I, I'm going to have to see that guy eventually. And, you know, I want to be able to sleep at night sort of thing. So, uh, Billy, I mean, if we're going both these guys in their prime, I just think Snyder was so good in his Philadelphia days. Like, I just never saw him lose a fight. And I don't think he's ever fought Billy D. And, and Billy's so big and burly. Like, you could probably just kind of – grab onto you and chuck you around, pin you up against the boards and and have his way. But Snyder just never let that happen to him. He always found a way to connect with his punches. You add that to the facts, Ryan, that I picked Suter in the previous, and I want to see the trilogy. And you know what I'm talking about here. Snyder and Suter. Round three. Round three. Right here on the best lacrosse fighter of all time. Give it to me. I'm taking Jeff Snyder over Billy D. Smith, even yeah, though he stood me Jeff up on Snyder's the show. First year, yeah, I remember Jeff Snyder's first year in Calgary. Uh, it said uh, uh, he had a T-shirt that he was giving out. I think it said, uh, "People don't hurt people. Jeff Snyder hurts people," <laughs> and it had his face on it. And that was the T-shirt he was giving out. Uh-huh. That wasn't a fan shirt that was like made for him and he thought it was funny and he put it on yeah. like he produced these t-shirts and was handing them out. 
if you've got that kind of confidence in your game, I think you're going to be able to be just fine. In that is the, that is the ultimate swag move right there. If I've ever heard it. Uh, well done. So Jeff Snyder, I'm taking Snyder and Suter. You're taking Merrill and Snyder. We'll see how it plays out. So I'll get those up on Twitter and episode 94 coming to a close here. Ryan Ballantyne. Thanks so much for doing this, man. It was a lot of fun. I appreciate your time. Oh, absolute pleasure to be here, man. Always good to chat lacrosse, especially in this uh, void we're in. It, it's good to have that feeling of finally getting to talk about the box game again. Absolutely. I go insane without this podcast. So I appreciate everybody listening to it. Uh, don't forget to support those sponsors. That's how you support the podcast. Stampede Tack, Vancouver Warriors, Associate Labels and Packaging, G. Wilson Construction, all the best in the business in their field. So uh, check those guys out, support those guys, and keep this podcast going. Big thank you to the birthday boy, Eli Salama, for making a little time on Lax Class here. Don't forget next week, hoping for Lyle Thompson, Kurt Styers, and Charlie Ragusa for episode 95. And then Brad Challenger back for an episode 96, and uh, we'll have to devise a plan for that episode. We don't have one yet. But now this episode is officially over. For Ryan Ballantyne, I've been Jake Kelly, and for the fastest game on two feet, and for the creator, be safe and be healthy, everybody.